That's fine. All right, so uh, moving forward to the discussion about MBA. Now, there's a lot of question that comes in. Uh, I have seen a lot of students, uh, you know, what's your plan? I'm planning to do an MBA. Uh, how many of you are planning to do an MBA over here? Let's just quickly by show of hands, very quickly. All right, how many of you have gone through the syllabus of a B-school? That is a problem. So when you're taking a decision as to I want to do an MBA, you want to spend like 20, 30 lakh rupees of yours and, uh, you know, uh, two years of your time after graduation and you don't even know what's going to be the curriculum in MBA. So you need to, so that is, that is what we need to look at. So the most important thing is uh, when you're looking at the specializations, you can specialize in MBA in uh, various disciplines. MBA is Masters in Business Administration. In the first year, almost everybody is going to be having the same subjects. So it's going to be a little bit of accounting, taxation, a very small part of taxation actually. A lot of management and principles and organization behavior, company structures, strategy and how decisions are done. And the pedagogy is generally, the, the, the mode of teaching is more of case study based. So it becomes more about your analytics and all of that. And the second year, you get subjects to specialize into. Uh, even when you're looking at an MBA, you will not be having that much level of finance content as compared to a CFA or that much accounts as compared to a CA because MBA is not a course on finance. It is a course on business administration. It's a course on management wherein you're specializing in one of the disciplines. The disciplines could be human resource, IT, finance, marketing, operations, any of those. Right. Uh, in some colleges like SPGen and all, I believe you'll have to choose your specialization before joining the college. In most of the colleges, you have to choose your specialization at the end of the first year. Uh, a very interesting bidding process and all those things also happen for subjects. So there are multiple options, multiple electives in the second year. Every student is given some points and all and they have to bid for the subjects. So the subjects in more demand, you'll have to give more points, you'll have to bid higher amount in order to get those subjects. So a lot of things depend on your performance in the first year. And, and again, it's a, it's a very interesting process to see in a few colleges. But uh, again, it's a course on business administration. It's only the specialization that you can choose in, in the second year. And even in the second year, you will have a couple of papers extra in the specialization one. Other than that, there will be a lot of common papers in other papers also. So even if I want to specialize in finance, I could be taking strategy, uh, etc. as my papers. I'll, of course, take a couple of finance specialization papers as well. So it's a specialization that happens. When you're looking at the admission process, process uh, generally the exams, uh, you have to appear for the CAT exams. There are other exams also, I'll discuss that. Uh, but normally you take your CAT exams in the month of November, 25th or 26th or so. You can take it only in the third year of your college. Uh, once you're done with that, uh, around, the, around the 10th of January or so, uh, your results for CAT are out and uh, 8th or something like that. And uh, then during the month of January to April, normally February and March is your interview process, which is GDPI, written tests and all. I'll discuss that a little in detail. And uh, then uh, for those candidates who have been selected, they get to uh, uh, the, uh, the GD written test and PI. They're all happening in this month of Jan, February, March and April. Uh, so for some students, IMA and all will be doing the calls and all in the month of January itself for those uh, who have very good CAT scores and their profiles have been selected. For the others, the other lists and all keep on coming out in the month of February, March, wherein the interview process and all is going to happen. And then you get your admission uh, letters, I think around the end of April or so, you will have your admissions in hand. And uh, uh, June end is generally when the colleges begin, uh, colleges commence, mid of June is generally the colleges commence. Now, uh, when you're looking at the different exams and all, you have your CAT, ZAT, NMAT. So CAT is for all the IIMs. 
the moment you apply for CAT exams, uh, the fees is very normal around 1900 or so. And you're automatically you've applied to all the uh, MBA colleges. Uh, uh, to all the IM colleges. If you want to apply to other colleges, you'll have to apply separately, but CAT scores are acceptable in most of the other colleges. ZAT is applicable for XIMB and XLRI. So when you're looking at admissions in XLRI or XIMB, you have to look at ZAT. Narsi Munji Bombay is going to be looking at NMAT scores. Uh, Symbiosis group of colleges are going to be looking at SNAP scores. IIFT has its own exam, so IIFT college is going to be looking at the IIFT scores. XGMT is also a score, uh, uh, an exam that is uh, particularly for XIMB, but XIMB accepts XLRI also so it makes sense to do that um, uh, relatively I would say tier 2 and tier 3 colleges would be accepting MAT and CMAT scores and all um, MHCET is a particular exam for JBIMS Jamnalal Bajaj Institute of Management Studies so these are the, broadly the exams that you're looking at and if you're looking at uh, colleges abroad then you're looking at the GMAT examination also when I'm looking at uh, Three colleges in India uh, accept GMAT scores that is your SP Jain uh, that's um, ISB Hyderabad and Mohali and uh, IMT Ghaziabad I believe also accepts GMAT scores and IMs will be accepting GMAT scores but only for the one year executive MBA program for the people with work experience. Now these are the list of colleges again it's not in a particular order of ranking but broadly we would say IMA CB is there. Uh, C is relatively assumed to be better in terms of finance and A for marketing. Um, IMB would be focusing much more into the experienced candidates so it's very difficult for a non-experienced guy to get into IM Bangalore ISB Hyderabad and Mohali actually both are there so you cannot pinpoint on one location and uh, they accept GMAT scores they don't take CAT scores you need a minimum of two years experience to get into ISB Hyderabad so generally it's and it's a one-year MBA it's more on the grounds of international MBA programs and the cost is also quite international it's going to be costing you 35 lakh rupees plus uh, IMs and all is going to be costing you somewhere in the range of 20-25 lakhs or so and FMS is going to be costing you much lower. So it's quite an aided college and the cost comes down even below 10 lakh rupees if I'm not wrong. So the cost comes down pretty low. Uh, then you have XLRI, IIM Lucknow, FMS and SPGen, and then IIM Kozikode, Indore, MDI and IFT. And the other colleges, Narsi Munji, IMT, Ghaziabad and all these follow. Uh, now when I'm looking at the admission process, uh, it's, it's going to be the CAT examinations that you need to take. Uh, when you're looking at different colleges, they have a different mix of eligibility criteria. So when you're filling in your CAT forms, you'll have to fill in the forms by the month of July, I believe. Um, they are going to be accepting CA, CS, CMA as one of the degrees. So when you're filling in for CAT, CA, CS, CMA are the only options. Uh, work experience, you have to specify in months. It has to be after graduation and no internship is counted. So number of months after graduation work experience that you've completed till the month of July in which you're appearing for CAT. So based on that, we'll be able the the, the institute or the uh, evaluation will be done as to how many years of experience you have. More the years of experience, more the points get added. Uh, better the score of class ten and twelve, more the points get added. Ten and twelve scores are accept uh, are taken. Uh, graduation uh, scores are taken. Um, your uh, work experience is taken, and whether you're doing a CSCSCMA that is taken. Uh, your gender is considered because institutes want a. Uh, what a varied profile they want a, a very very diverse profile so the gender ratio institutes look at increasing gender ratios I think there was a lot of uh 
I am Shillong, if I am not wrong, had a very good amount of, good chunk of reservation for female candidates. Uh, commerce is what they are looking at, commerce and non-engineering streams uh, they are looking at. And of course, during the time of admissions, up, along with these factors, your CAT scores becomes a, CAT scores becomes the most important aspect of for admissions. Although there are certain colleges like SPGEN, I am um, Lucknow and all, they have a mix of factors. So SPGEN, a lot of profile-based calls also come in. So... Like if you're looking at the percentile, I think CAT percentile was 99.6% for IMA this time. And uh, if academics and all were good, even a 97, 98 percentile people were called. Uh, I am Bangalore, work experience is too important. I am Calcutta, 10, 12 marks is quite important. But graduation is not given so much importance. So different colleges will have a different mix of, of, of uh, weightages given to these factors. Like I am Cozy Code will also give weightage to CFA. But that comes in after CAT is done. And CAT, you'll also have sectional cutoffs. So for engineers, the cutoff will be much higher. But for non-engineers, the sectional cutoff may be, you know, a little lenient because the colleges want to make their profiles of candidates, of, of the student uh, uh, profiles a little more diverse. So, so when you're looking at your CAT scores, 10-12 scores, so that's why I keep on saying whenever I'm doing sessions in schools and all, I keep on saying that 10-12 scores are very important because I've seized, seen students who say that, you know, now I'm doing everything. Why am I being punished for class 10 and 12? But understand, there are about 2,51,000 people who took CAT examinations in the year 2019. Out of which, if I take 400 average seats per college, in the top 10 universities, you'll be finding only 4,000 seats. That means the pass percentage or the admission percentage is only 1.6%. That is, I'm assuming, no arakshan. Right? So, given all that, if you're looking at the number of seats with 1.6% people getting, in, uh, getting into these colleges you understand that you cannot compare the pass rate of a CA or a whatever XYZ designation with an MBA college. And now you will have to decide as to am I looking at the top 10, 12 colleges, I'm looking at the top 20 colleges for admission or I'm looking at the top 30 colleges for admission. That is something nobody else can make a choice for you. And if your 10, 12 scores are not bad, you better build your profile, you better do something else along with it because if you don't get admission in this year, then what do you do the next year? Because I've seen people appearing for CAT, then waiting for results, then the interview process. And till that time, June is gone. And then the next CAT is knocking your door. And you've not even added experience to it. So normally, people take CAT examinations in the third year of their college, if they plan to go immediately after class, uh, uh, after their graduation. Otherwise, after graduation, people take up jobs and study for CAT or GMAT or ZAT or one of these exams along with co uh, their jobs. So that at least the experience is adding on to it. And you're building your profile and, uh, you know, you're rising up in your, rising in your um, uh, whatever field you're in. And also along with that, CA, CFA, whatever uh, law, uh, engineering, whatever you're doing, you're doing something. Because you never know when CAT is going to click. So again, people talk about luck. Of course, if, uh, you know, I, I believe very, uh, 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 what do you call, firmly in this quote, the harder you work, the luckier you get. So if you're working very hard, automatically you are going to get luckier, right? So just think about it. Uh, uh, it's, it is going to, so more practice you've done, you're going to get a good percentile in your CAT examination. Of course, you can, it's a debatable topic. You can debate on, you know, uh, see with your hard work, you can guarantee a 95 percentile, let's say. But within 95 to 99, you know, one question up or down could determine that whether you will get the admission call or not, interview call or not. And what if you don't convert the interview? So you need to even start preparing for the interviews. And you cannot build a general knowledge or your vocabulary or your English or your uh, skills in just uh, six months of preparation for CAT. Right? You need to, you know, you need to, uh, what do you say? You need to build yourself in, in that manner. 
like i i i've been asking this question most of my sessions uh, of late how many chief ministers of the country you can name and the maximum answers i've gotten is 3 4 or 5 just imagine five chief ministers you can name in your own country think about it how many you can name in your mind count the number of chief ministers you can name your state doesn't count count that it doesn't matter are you understanding and you cannot start learning chief ministers name 2 months before the interview that is something that will come as you're reading newspapers daily basis you're you're connected to whatever economics news and political news is being there so you read the same chief minister's name five times seven times you automatically start remembering you cannot separately remember something and how do you know which portion or which topic or what aspect is going to be tested in the interview or the group discussion process so you don't know that right so it is not going to be a one day process or a two month process because people have seen in the third year they'll start studying in the second year and they'll start studying for cat uh, cat examinations and then they are going to start preparing for gdpi and all it's not going to help that way you need to have a very well uh, uh, you know uh, made profile for yourself your profile needs to sell to the institute again understand an institute would want to hire would want to take that candidate which whom the institute is going to be able to place for the highest level of salary because the credibility of the institute ultimately people look at the average placements so institute wants to take those candidates whom the institute is going to be able to sell to the companies at the highest price pardon the language but that is exactly what it is an institute's credibility is going to be based on the alumni the faculty and the placements that is how the institute becomes credible or uh, you know climbs a higher rank faculty credit uh, so when 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 we see uh, let's say for example the ex president going and giving lectures in iim ahmedabad of course that adds on to the value of the institute when you see the kind of alumni you have uh, 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 the kind of pass outs you see from these universities so that adds on to the credibility of the institute and the placement becomes the most important factor which normally any student considers right so you need to consider all these factors before you are opting for a b school and always have a plan b if cat is not working out your profile needs to keep on building up because 1.6% people are getting into the top 10 colleges or let's say 3.2 or let's say 4% when you're looking at the top 20 colleges so you need to be prepared on a very very realistic basis and experience in all matters so when you're looking at cat versus gmat if i'm talking about the cat exams you have three sections uh, you have your cat uh, your your verbal uh, that is your english part your data interpretation and lrdi basically your interpretation of graphs and common sense kind of common sense related questions and all and quants is going to be your mathematics now english is going to be quite a bit level up uh, so for those people who think that uh, you know who think that we are they are very cool and all that it's not going to work uh and and who uh keep on misspelling spellings miss uh, who keep misspelling spellings yeah uh so so you need to have a very good command over the language your english needs to be extremely good and your quants is going to be a class 8 9 10 11 your ratio proportion percentages and uh, uh unitary method and all of that but the speed and accuracy becomes important because you have a negative marking also for the questions you answer incorrectly so 60 minutes you have 34 questions on uh, verbals you have reading comprehension vocabulary all those related questions uh, interpretation of graphs and all those is 32 questions and uh, 34 questions on your quants part when you're looking at gmat what's most important is your verbal and quants part uh, and uh, gmat is a little different so when you're looking at gmat examinations you're looking at uh, if you're looking at uh, uh, doing an mba abroad then you'll be uh, looking at uh, taking gmat exams um you are going to be scored out of 800 points uh, the way questions are turning up so basically if you're answering let's say a lot of questions incorrectly 
the questions, the next set of questions will be easier. If you're answering questions more uh, correctly, then the next set of questions you get while in the paper, while during the paper, it's a computer-based exam, you'll get more difficult questions. So the more accuracy you are, uh, accurate you are, the uh, less number of mistakes you're making, the more higher level of questions you'll be tackling and the higher the score will be coming in. So it's a little complicated process in which they score you, but... Um, Normally, a score of 730 should be decent out of 800. So, uh, quants and verbal is what we need to look at. And integrated reasoning and analytical part is also there. But what's important, what your score depends on is your verbal ability and the quantitative ability. Now, what I wanted to discuss was when you're comparing an MBA uh, uh, degree, uh, taking up uh, the MBA college, uh, admission in uh, an MBA college in India versus abroad. So, you need to consider a few factors. One is what is going to be the cost of doing an MBA in India versus abroad. In India, it's going to be costing somewhere around 25 lakh rupees or so in most of the colleges. Uh, uh, in When you're looking at the top 15, 20 colleges or so, FMS is much cheaper and uh, ISB is going to be a little on the expensive side. And not only the exam fees, but you know, your pocket fees, your pocket money and all is also supposed to be countered, factored into when you're talking about the fees of an MBA college. Uh, it's great. Uh, even if you cannot afford it, it doesn't matter. It's great if you get into one of the top 10, 15, whatever level you, you know, benchmark you set for yourself, you can easily avail a loan and you will be able to pay back the loan. So you don't have to worry about it. But provided it is a top certain number of colleges that you're getting admission into because you have to look at the payback period. In how much time will you be able to recover the two years that you're not earning? So if say, for example, you're a chartered accountant, you're already having a salary of an X amount and you need to go to an MBA. So two years salary compromised, growth of that salary compromised and the amount of admission fees that you're giving, that is gone. So that is why the level of college, the benchmarking is very important, which will vary from person to person. Right. So again, everybody has to evaluate their caliber. Again, I'm not saying that anything is not doable. I've got students who've performed really bad in 10, 12, and I've seen them picking up absolutely amazingly. You know, it's absolutely a, a shift from what they were and what they have become. So there's, there's absolutely nothing impossible. So it's up to you what you, you know, evaluate yourself at. It's your evaluation. Nobody can evaluate you. You can always prove anybody wrong by, by, by you know, you, can, you should prove people wrong who undervalue you, underestimate you. So it's absolutely as per your capabilities and how much you are desperate. So you have to be desperate. At times, you know, people take the word desperate or obsessed in a very negative connotation. But uh, I'm obsessed with my work. I'm desperate to do something uh, in my life. And that desperation drives me. So that's fine. If someone takes it negatively, it's fine. I would rather take it more on the passionate ground. So you have to be desperate. Right? So you, you need to evaluate and benchmark yourself against it. When you're looking at an MBA college abroad, you'll have to look at the work experience you have because normally the top uh, uh, 10, 15, 20, 25 colleges would be requiring a median work experience of at least four years. So more than 50% of the students who get admission have a four years plus experience. And the median work uh, age of the students is around 27, 28 years. So 50% students are going to be more than the age of 27 or 28. Uh, when you're looking at the master's it will not be requiring so much of work ex when you're looking at colleges abroad. But when you're looking at the master's uh, MBA, you would be requiring experience when you're looking at colleges abroad. Now, a couple of things to remember when you're looking at colleges abroad is that please don't look at it as a top 10 college of Europe or top 10 college of Australia. You know, top 10 colleges of India, how many can you name? I'm not talking about MBA. Let's say, for example, a BCom or a BBA. How many colleges will you be able to name in top 10, which is really good or which is really popular? So the question over here is when you're looking at the global rankings, 
the top 30 35 colleges is probably going to make sense when you compare it with the amount of money you're going to spend it could cost somewhere around 60 70 80 lakh rupees plus and then even if you take a loan you have to again evaluate whether you will be able to get a job outside in that country because you understand the visa issues with uk us and a lot of countries canada seems to be easier right now and in australia maybe a little bit easier but um, all the countries have the rights to you know prevent others from coming in and giving more to their own citizens every country's responsibility is to cater to their own citizens so you cannot complain that why i am not allowed to stay in that country or work in that country every government's responsibility is for its own citizens so you have to think about it when you're taking uh, gmat and uh, planning to go abroad that whether you will be able to uh, get a job in that country or not and why do you want to go abroad you're going out to chill to party because if it's below the 35 40 colleges or so and when you're looking at masters and all i know how it is i've seen students i've seen a uh, uh, good number of uh, friends and people and everyone so you have to take that call at least be honest to yourself i'm going to do something tangible or i'm just going to it uh, to to any xyz random colleges to get a stamp that i've been to a london college or an xyz uh, uh, college so you have to at least be honest to yourself because ultimately you know people don't uh, it uh, it'll be a little debatable for me to talk about it but uh, um, people used to earlier say that where have you studied from i've studied from london or i've studied from uh, 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 us or something but that is not what matters today because if anybody has got some sense of uh, understanding the first question is which college so it is a college that matters not the location so at least understand the amount of money you are spending because masters also would be costing somewhere around 40 lakh rupees plus so at least evaluate these aspects before going to the college so when you're looking at an mba globally look at the top 20 30 40 colleges or so and for that you need an amazing profile it's not just academics academic social work extracurriculars um, experience does not mean any random experience experience would mean how you have grown in those 4 5 years of experience in your company what kind of work you've done what kind of performance you have shown so any experience just as for the sake of experience is not going to count and for admissions you'll have to fill in your sops and uh, admission process send in all your transcripts recommendations and everything and then you get admissions in these colleges another aspect that comes in is the age factor so you'll have to have a very uh, mature discussion discussion with your parents as to what kind of time they are willing to allow you to study before they need economically you to contribute to the family and what kind of time frame uh, and what kind of money can they spend on your education and if you take a loan then how much time you can use to pay off that loans and you don't have to contribute again back to your family so these discussions i know it seems a little odd and difficult because we've been very privileged and everything has been taken care of and you've never questioned these kind of things you've never questioned about whether i'll be how to get a school fee or something but now these questions need to be answered because responsibility is going to shift to your shoulders so whether you are allowed to study after 27 28 or not allowed but whether you can manage and you know that that discussion needs to happen the age factor which university is the most important factor i told you after an mba are you planning to do your own startup your own job or getting back to business if you are planning to do a job whether in india or abroad and how are you going to be paying off for it so in india it's relatively easier because the salaries are Uh, the the cost of uh, mba would be much lower as compared to institutes abroad and the second thing is even if you are doing an mba abroad you come back to india you will not get that level of salary which you'll be getting in a country over there because you have to understand the inflation the cost the cost of living is going to be higher the salary will be higher the cost of living is lower the salary is lower so it's not that you're going to be paid more outside and less in india it's not that it's about the cost of living of a place right and why do you want to go abroad so it's to chill or 
you really are getting admission into a very good college and whether you'll be getting back to India to settle or your objective is to settle outside. A lot of people, a lot of students come up, I don't want to stay in India. Why? There's no answer. There are people who are looking at India as an investment hub and you're looking at going out just for the sake of it. It may not be easy. Have you stayed earlier abroad? Have you done a, 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 an internship or something abroad? And a holiday cannot be, uh, you know, uh, compared with, with staying abroad. So please figure out a lot of things. I'm not saying that life in India is better or life abroad is better. It depends from person to person. It depends from location to location, city to city. So please take a very mature discussion instead of, you know, uh, very, very, uh, without putting in a lot of thought when people say that, you know, I want to stay outside India, I am not going to stay in India. So that's very incorrect. You need to take a very matured and thought out decision. Right? So we have a fair understanding of about, you know, uh, MBA. 